0: It is absolutely without question one of the biggest frustrations of every leader on the planet that's ever lived or is breathing right now. And the frustration is this, why won't these people, my employees, my team, why won't they do what I need them or want them or tell them to do? And the answer is you're using the wrong technique. I'll explain in this episode. Leadership is the ability to facilitate movement in others toward a destination you can describe. I'm Russ Hill. I help build leaders. And this is the Culture Hacks Podcast. We are just a few weeks away from a brand new year, right? So at the time I'm recording this, we're midway through, halfway through the fourth quarter of 2021. This year is pretty much done. Right. And, and if you're a leader of a team or leader of an organization, you've got two focuses right now. Most of you do. Number one is we got to finish the quarter, finish the year off strong. So you're really focused on that. And the second thing you're focused on or spending time and energy on is putting together our plan, our projections, our strategy for 2022. If you're not doing that, hello, what are you thinking? Right. So what, what you need to be thinking about as you build that plan is this. How do I create alignment around our goals, our key results, our strategy, our game plan for 2022? Do not think, and this is where a lot of leaders screw up, a a lot of leaders go into the new year thinking, how are we going to announce it? Like what's the meeting? What's the, what's the offsite? What's the, what's the session going to look like? What's the PowerPoint deck going to be include so where we can announce what our, our goals are for 2022. That's important, but it only gets you halfway. What you need to be thinking is how do I, how do we as a leadership team create alignment? How do we get people aligned to these goals and to this vision and alignment is incredibly different than awareness. And most of us as leaders are really good at creating awareness. We know how to make people aware of something, but we're not as good. We don't focus on, we don't think about, we don't put the effort into creating alignment. And then we get crazy annoyed that people aren't aligned to the plan. They're like out of alignment, like a car that's swerving right or left. Your team's doing that, right? Or parts of different departments. And so we are doing a two-part series. This, these are live web classes. They're free. We're doing them in the month of December. and um, And if you want details on registering for these, uh, two these two classes and i'll explain what they are in just a moment but you can go to my linkedin profile and the link to that is in the show notes so just swipe over or up depending on what app you're using click on the the uh, or tap on the link to to my link linkedin profile and you'll see um they're on the page the uh, the way to register for these upcoming two web classes they're free and let me explain what the two parts are first part is how do you how do you start the year with alignment on your team around the strategy for 2022 what specific things do you do for your team okay so that's the web class number one which is in the the first full week of december i don't have the dates right in front of me but the details are all on my linkedin profile the second class is about um, you how do you make personally this your your best year ever how do you how do you just crush it how do you advance and make sure that 2022 is a year of growth of movement forward and not the same thing to where when you look back five years from now, you go man 2022 was a was different than the rest i i was able to make progress on certain things and by the way in this world of executive coaching that i live in that i make my living in we uh, we every time we work with a new client we ask them what are your specific goals so i got tons of experience tons of data points with how do people respond to that across different industries different parts of the world different levels of the org chart different age groups and and it's really crazy you all how most people answer that with the same categories so when i when we say to people what are your personal goals What are your objectives? What do you want to get done in the next 12 months? Most people respond with the same three areas of focus. What do you think those are? We're going to talk about them in the second um part of the two two web classes we're doing so if you want to register for that go to the link in uh, in the show notes okay um that was a really long (laughs) preview announcing what we've got coming up i i love these we're back in the routine of doing these live web classes every month and i love it love it love it um it's it's a chance for us to connect with hundreds sometimes well it's not never more than hundreds We, we haven't we haven't nailed thousands yet um over the course of several we we hit thousands but our last web class had um 1048 people who's counting right who uh, who participated with us from all over the globe and it's just so stinking cool to be able to connect and answer questions and get get messages and be able to help that many leaders so um i'm so glad that we're doing these again and that's what we're doing in december is how do you start the new year with alignment around on your team around what matters most and accelerate progress especially in that first quarter where you hit the ground running what what have we seen works and, and what do leaders do that creates a train wreck? We're going to share our discoveries over the years of coaching and consulting executives um, as it pertains to that. The second thing is around you personally okay let's uh let's rewind the the clock and let me set up this episode this is the culture hacks podcast i'm russ hill i make my living coaching executives impacting results those include restaurant executives they include um people who are responsible for the defense of our country by making fighter jets and all kinds of different um, cool gadgets, I'm working with food services companies and executives who are accountable and have thousands of people working for them to deliver food to your grocery stores and restaurants. We've got healthcare companies and the largest insurance company in the world. We're working, I mean, just it's so cool, you all. The biggest pharmaceutical company um, is a client of ours. We're coaching executives there. And so, in this podcast, I share observations. And lessons I'm learning working and living in this leadership lab, not only from working with leaders and executives of some of the the world's biggest companies, but what I'm learning and um, and and the mistakes I'm making and trying to overcome as a leader on my own, whether that's in our home or whether that's uh, at church or whether that's. um, in, uh, in the business. Okay. Or teams that I've led throughout the years. I, and I've, I look we're on like, a, what is this episode? 182. I got plenty of stories of failure to share with you enough to fill hundreds of episodes. So that's what we do. Okay. Um, let me get into what I wanted to talk about in this episode, which is when you're trying to get your team to do what you need them or want them to do. And it's just not working. Why is that the case? And, and, and most of you, most of us as leaders use the wrong technique in trying to get people to do what we, we need, we need them to do. And so let me, let me explain uh, what this looks like. And I'm going to do that with a story. So William, William works at a hospital in Virginia and, um, his job, what he's paid to do is to clean the rooms. He works for what's called EVS environmental services um in hospitals and and his job's really important right because if he's not cleaning the room and sanitizing them I think even pre-covid right so he, he, always in a hospital i mean people go to the hospital because they're sick so some of them are contagious some of them aren't but you gotta you gotta make sure there aren't germs and and um bacteria and all those things in in a hospital room after sick people have been in the room and um and so william's job is to make sure that, that that each room that he cleans as he goes from room to room and, and unit to unit in the in the hospital that he works at in Virginia, his job is to make sure that room is clean. And William is he's, he's a young guy. He's he's in his late twenties and he uh, he cares deeply about getting this job done right. William's a quiet guy. He's not somebody that you notice. In fact it's he's got the perfect personality for the job because he just does it in the background. You don't even notice he's in the room or he was in the room next to you. He's just quiet and humble and, and, and a hard worker. And one day William was uh, cleaning the room of a, uh, of a patient an an older woman. And, uh, and he, the family of the, of the patient was in the room with, with her. And William, when he goes in, he has to do some of his work quietly while the patient's still in the room, you know, empty the trash, clean this, do that, scrub down the bathroom. So he's doing his job and he's in the background. Nobody even really notices he's in the room and and he's he's cleaning the room and he hears the family trying to convince their mother, this older woman, the patient to eat her food. So the tray there, right, you know, the movable tray on wheels is right in front of her as she's um, reclined in the hospital bed, you know, sitting up, but reclined back a little bit and the trays there and and the, and the cafeteria tray is on the little table, the movable table. And, uh, and they're trying to get um, their mom to eat the food. And she says, I'm just not, I I, I can't, I'm not hungry. I don't have the energy to eat. And so William, he, he hears that kind of, you know, out of the corner of his mind as he's cleaning the room and he goes on to the next room. Well, William comes back um, a little while later to do his next round and the tray is still there, but the family's gone. And um, and so William um, asks the patient, "Um, ma'am, do you want me to remove this food? Um, Are you going to eat it? And do you need and do you need help eating it? And she says, as a matter of fact, I could use some help. She's ready to eat. And so William cleans himself up and then he proceeds to help this woman eat this elderly patient. And then William, so he does that for a few minutes. She eats a little bit of the food and he goes on with his job and time comes for William to go home. He works the day side shift and he, uh, it's in the uh, late in the afternoon. And so William, William drives home. Well, he gets home and he has dinner with his family. And then he's thinking the thought comes to him. I wonder if that woman, if that patient ate dinner, I bet she didn't eat dinner. So William actually gets in his car, drives back several miles to the hospital. He's off the clock. He's not working. He gets, you know, cleans himself up, sanitizes, does all that stuff, enters the room and notices that the tray for dinner is on the table in front of this patient and she's just like kind of halfway awake, and he says to her, "Ma'am, um do you need any help with dinner?" The family's not there; she's alone, and she says, "As a matter of fact, I do and he feeds her some dinner, and then he goes home. This doesn't take long, it takes just a few minutes. she eats a little bit. it's not like she's eating some big meal, but he helps her eat this meal and he goes home. Well, the CEO of the hospital finds out about this story it's pretty extraordinary right that you've got a a, a janitor an a maintenance person a an EVs employee the person responsible for cleaning the hospital room and he's I mean think about what's extraordinary about that story it's not his job to pay, to feed the the, the patient and that's a whole other debate you know that you can have about hey do we want that you know I mean you could go there but But that's not what the CEO was concerned about. Instead, he was focused on the culture and the mindset of his people. And one of his highest priorities, the CEO and the executive team was our patient satisfaction scores at this hospital suck. And for some reason, our patients don't feel like that we care about them as much as we do. And they're, they're, they're dinging us, they're, they're nailing us in the survey that that's done after patients leave the hospital saying we we, they're not satisfied with the care we've given them and so the ceo what's he thinking about day in and day out is how do i get that score up and there's lots of reasons um that i won't go into any of you who've worked in hospitals or work in healthcare know why i mean there are financial reasons for that too right and reimbursement for medicare and lots of things we won't get into but so the ceo it's a massive priority of the executive team to get the patient satisfaction scores up And so what does he need? The behavior he needs is he needs his employees taking more care of the patients. He needs less infighting. He needs less of a focus of, of, um, leaders and executives and supervisors and employees on all of the fires that are going on and all the battles between this department and that department and complaints about the policies and, and concerns about this and that he needs all of that focus. That's internal to change to external focus. He needs the number one priority, like forget about us and all the challenges we have is the team trying to deliver this care and let's focus on the patient. Like nothing matters more. So he needs this mindset shift in the hospital, this culture change in the hospital where the the people that work there, the people that they hire, the people that they promote, his leadership team are focused on the patient more than ever. And he has the example of William and he hears that story. And guess what? The CEO decides every single employee in this hospital will learn William's name and they will hear that story. So the next town hall meeting comes up and he's got hundreds of hospital employees in the big training room. And he's got numerous ones that are watching the recording or, or or connecting virtually to this town hall. And he starts the meeting off by calling William up on the stage in their training room. And he tells the story I told you. And he says, that is what patient first looks like to us. That's what that, that is what putting the patient first looks like. Now I'm not asking all of you to feed patients and William, you know, maybe you want to call the dietitian next time or whatever else. And he makes a little bit of a joke and William laughs and everybody laughs, but he says, "What I, that doesn't matter to me as much as the mindset. So why am I telling you the story about William and this hospital in this episode? Because as leaders, we underutilize, we underuse. We don't make it a priority to use stories. And human beings are wired. You, I, everyone is wired to communicate through stories. You will tell 25 stories today. You won't even know you're doing it. You'll do it when you text somebody. You'll do it when you see somebody in the hallway or you're on the phone. You'll do it when you start a meeting. You'll do it at some point in a meeting. You'll do it when you, when you get home from work, if, you, if you're back in the office. You'll do it when you go to the gym and see a friend. You tell stories constantly. It's the way that our brains love to receive information. That's why the movie business is enormous. That's why books are so big. That's why YouTube videos, people love stories. We want a character. We want a challenge. We want victory. We want all these things, right? We are wired to communicate and to receive information through stories. And you, if you're like most leaders that I've worked with in my career and myself too, before I understood this principle and the power of it, you're underutilizing stories. So here's what you do. You need this department or that team or the new salespeople or these people, whomever it is, you need them to do this kind of behavior. And so what you do is you talk about the behavior, the actions. And so you put out policies or you put out these different things and you're communicating the what of what you need people to do. And you're wondering, why aren't they doing this? Or how do I accelerate movement and get more people to do that the way you do it is you look for examples of where the desired behavior is happening. And then you tell stories about it. And those stories are powerful when they have a name. In other words, sometimes when we're teaching leaders, the power of storytelling and how impactful this is in leading people And mindset and culture, and all of those sorts of things. A lot of times, leaders will start telling stories about, you know, we did a really good thing last week when we helped the customer, and we did, no, 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 no. Lisa was coming to work last week and she, fill in the blank. I want details. I don't want the accounting department really helped us last week. (laughs) You know what I mean? No, it was Mike in the accounting department who got the email at 7 p.m. And uh, so give some details to the story, make it come alive, because uh, our brains are not wired to hear crappy, boring stories. So if I told the story to you in this episode about, hey, there's this guy that worked at a hospital in Virginia and he helped feed a patient and that's the behavior they want repeated, you could care less. But you could see William in your mind as I descri- as I mentioned him. And I gave you a little, a few adjectives to describe him, quiet, humble, worked in the background. You could see all of that. Couldn't you? Stories are powerful. And so here's the takeaway as a leader of any group, anywhere, family, um, at church community group, volunteer organization, or the world's biggest company, Walmart, Amazon, these gigantic companies, wherever you are leading people. Whether you've got two direct reports or you've got 20,000 underneath you, I want you to use stories more. Who have you seen? And here's what you ask yourself. Okay. And I don't want you to ask yourself this once. I want you to ask yourself this almost on a daily basis, if not daily, weekly. Who have I seen demonstrating the behavior we need more of around here? Okay. So think about that right now. This isn't like rhetorical or hypothetical. I want you doing this. Okay, I'm coaching you. So I want you to think about what's the movement you need. I need the salespeople to do more of this. I need our research and development folks to do this. I need operations to do that. I need all employees to, what is it? I need, in order for us to accelerate achieving results. By the way, if you don't know this, you got to figure this out. Like defining the results, the first step, clarity around them, everyone aligned to it. They're aware of it and aligned to it. So you got to start there. So what's the result we're trying to achieve? Then it is, by the way, this is all what we're building into lead to lead in 30 at lead dot 30.com. This is all the, like this curriculum. These are the sorts of things we teach. Okay. More on that later in another episode. But, um, and by the way, we're still accepting volunteers. If you want to be part of that beta group in January, leadin30.com is is where we're going to be putting people through that. And you direct message me if you want to volunteer for leadership development at any stage in your career. And you, want, you can, you can uh, allocate a couple of hours a week to this um, during the month of January. And you're going to have what leaders pay a whole lot of money for. You're going to have members of our firm, including myself, coaching you and uh and so if you want to be part of that beta test direct message me on linkedin and say hey russ i want in many 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 of you have done that and but we've got a few more spots in there so if you want to do that um then we'd love to have you okay tangent okay back to back to this so you've got the results that 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 people in the organization on your team know these are what we need to achieve and and now you've kind of defined the behaviors this is what we need people to do and yet you 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 don't have enough people doing that right And so what you do is you look for here. The takeaway is this, look for someone who is demonstrating the behavior that you need repeated. And I want you to spotlight it and you've got to, I want you to think about right now, where could you do that? Where could you tell the story about Mike or Lisa or William in your organization who this week, today, last week, whenever it was, did the very thing that you need everybody doing who did it. When did they do it? What did it look like? Assemble some details on a, on a piece of scratch paper, open up a note on your phone and type it out. Who did what? What did it look like? Put some details in there. And then the next question is, where do you need to tell that story? Is it Tuesday's sales meeting? Is it Wednesday's all hands meeting? Is it Thursday's um, you know, executive leadership team meeting. Is it in an email that goes out Friday afternoon? Is it, where is it? Where do you need to tell that story? And by the way, that's just the beginning. You're going to do this constantly. That's <laughs> how you manage culture, you manage mindset and you start getting people to repeat it because guess what happens? People go, Oh, that's what my boss is looking for. Oh, that's what they want more of here. Oh, that's the behavior they're, they're rewarding. Right. Because when William was called up on the stage at the hospital, at the all hands meeting in Virginia, he was given an award. And so his his behavior was not only recognized verbally and he felt good, but there was also some 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 bacon on that burger, if if you know what I mean. So so he was he was rewarded for that behavior as well. So you incentivize it. But but that that's that's secondary, um, that's a secondary motivation. The main motivation is I want to recognize it. And so what happens is people look, there are two things that happen from this, and then I'll wrap up this episode. There are two things that happen. Number one is people go, oh, that's the behavior they want more of. So if I want to be promoted here, if I want to be recognized, if I want to be um viewed as successful here, I need to do that. Okay? Think how powerful that is. So you're telling these sorts of stories on a regular basis, and there are three or four or five different behaviors you need demonstrated, and you are telling stories all the time. Every meeting starts with one. Every newsletter that goes out internally, every whatever, you're constantly on a weekly basis, you're doing this. So number one, it, it tells people what they need to do. The type of behavior, because they receive that, behavior, that information best through a story, you're telling them, you're wiring their brain, communicating to them on what they need to do to be defined or identified as successful here. The second thing you're doing is you're creating a belief about you. And here's what I mean. The belief that people will start to develop about you is you look for people who are doing the right thing. You need to tell fewer stories about where people are doing the wrong thing, where that meeting went sideways or that department didn't do what we wanted them to do. Or you need to tell some of those stories, but you're probably telling a lot of them in side conversations on phone calls in in the meeting after the meeting. You're probably telling a lot of stories of behavior that we don't want repeated. And you do need to tell some of those, but you need the, the vast majority, 80 percent of the stories you're telling. And if you start thinking about this, analyzing the stories you tell, it's going to be crazy. Like you're, you're going to be like, wow, this is really interesting to think about, but you want 80% of the stories that you're telling as a leader to be positive about the desired behavior, because then people start to identify you as a leader. Who's looking for what's right. You can see the good that people are doing. How powerful is that? That's why we talk about this stuff. Okay. Um, all right. Hopefully this is valuable for you. These are the sorts of things I love sharing you all. Um, and they're simple, but they I have seen this principle of storytelling to move behavior. I have seen it generate hundreds of millions of dollars in additional revenue for companies. I have seen it save significant financial resources because people were doing things that were costing the organization. I've seen it move the needle in an organization that was stagnant or a leader who couldn't get people to do what they wanted to do and was about to quit or leave or just pull their hair out because they've been trying to get people to do what they need them to do forever. And this simple principle had a massive impact, simple yet powerful. Okay. So I, I hope that you'll, I hope that you'll give this some thought and and implement it. All right. If you've got any questions about it or anytime you want to connect with me, uh, shoot me any questions or um feedback i love receiving it and you can do that on linkedin just uh, connect with me and then send me a direct message all right don't forget we've got that two-part series coming up in the month of december free live web class you all these are highly interactive we'll have hundreds of leaders from around the globe participating it's awesome to be able to connect in here and you can do it from anywhere and uh and you just need to go to my linkedin profile and uh, you'll see the link next week. I'll put into the show notes the the, the actual link to register, but you got to jump on this because we're, we're starting this, this the first full week of December is our first live web class. Part of this two part series about kicking off the new year, 2022 with alignment on your team. So you can accelerate achieving the results. We're going to give you a competitive advantage on your team that you lead in just Kickstarting 2022 we're going to give you a a few very meaty concrete principles that we coach senior executives they're paying us for this um at major corporations the world's biggest companies we're going to share that with you and then part two a week later is going to be an hour about you how do you make progress in the areas of your life you um are prioritizing areas where you might be stagnant. That could be career growth. It could be around personal fitness or well being. It could be around lots of different things. So we're gonna dig into that. So do you register and reserve your seat for those two classes. All right. Hope you're all healthy. Hope you're doing well. Talk to you in the next episode.